joy under the weight of the world in this moment. Joy can feel elusive. Is it something we create or are we wired for it? Psychological astrologer and social and emotional education trainer Jennifer Freed says both are true. So each of us is here to play an extremely purposeful part in the orchestra of life to evolve human and spiritual experience. And if we play our charts, we not only learn all the lessons inherent in the cosmic DNA, but we also surpass them and contribute to our communities in lasting and unforgettable ways. Using a practice called relational astrology, a combination of psychology and astrology, which understands that we are interdependent and interconnected constellations, just like planets and stars in the galaxy. Freed uses biographical influences and cosmic DNA to help people break open the potentials, not only of their psyches, but also of their souls. Hi, I'm Jennifer Freed, and this is a lesson on creating joy. Jennifer, what is your earliest memory of being creative? I remember playing with my cats in the backyard and making up games constantly and sometimes dressing them up. Where did you grow up? I grew up in West Los Angeles. Well, I was born in New York City. I don't remember that part, mm -hmm. but I really had an extraordinarily magical, imaginative childhood in West Los Angeles. Yeah. So a native Angelino. Yeah. Which is amazing. How did you find your way into astrology or was it psychology first? What was your journey? It was astrology first. So I was growing up and I was very fascinated by it, but I had no one around me whatsoever interested. So it was my secret little fantasy life of astrology. Mm -hmm. And then when I was 18 and a half, I had a profound astrology reading and then I've never stopped since. So what happened during the reading? It was this woman named Alvina Manning, and she was like a grandmother at the time. And I walked into her little suburban house, and she just saw me in a way no one ever had or had even mentioned. Wow. So you talk about understanding the connection between psychology and astrology. Can you explain a couple of similarities and differences? Psychology studies your biological genetic makeup and your coping patterns and your traumas. And it tries to really look at problem solving and making sure that you can be more than the patterns you've grown up with. And then astrology is your cosmic DNA, your soul's map mm -hmm. of what it is you're here to learn about and how you can upscale it with free will. So your practice is one of relational astrology and that understands that we are interdependent and interconnected constellations, just like planets and stars and galaxies. So we are given this cosmic DNA, but we have free will. Yes. So each of us is here to play an extremely purposeful part in the orchestra of life to evolve human and spiritual experience. 
And if we play our charts, we not only learn all the lessons inherent in the cosmic DNA, but we also surpass them and contribute to our communities in lasting and unforgettable ways. So playing our part, that must be unique to every person, depending on their... No one has the exact same lesson plan. Mm -hmm. And in fact, we all come in with gifts to develop. And we all come in with pain to experience and to turn into gifts. Each astrology chart is made up of the elements of fire, earth, air, and water. Mm -hmm. And each of our charts contains a blending of those elements in a unique way. So some people have more fire in their chart and some people have more air. Some people have no water in their chart. So when you understand your elemental makeup, you can start to realize that to live a fully expressed life, you have to lean into developing all four elements. Regardless of the pain that they may, that might cause. Yes, regardless of the pain, because pain is unavoidable. It's part of being human, but it's how fast we recover from the pain to turn it into something that's useful and maybe even contributing to somebody else's life. Because past influences and trauma affect this relational dynamic that you were talking about. Completely. I've had just a boatload of trauma in my Mm -hmm. childhood, and it allowed me through therapy to become a healer and a teacher and have a really satisfying love life. What would you say to someone who's in the midst of trying to balance all of those elements and is in the midst of trauma, in the midst of pain. I would say I'm the perfect example, and I've helped many others be examples of this. Resilience is the willingness to get help until you know that you have healed enough to help other people. So don't give up. For me, if I'm in a lot of pain and I've gone to one therapist and they don't work, I don't stop there. It is our birthright to be free of this trauma. It's our birthright. We didn't create it. It was done to us, but we can create the outcome. When you say done to us, what do you mean by that? There's the trauma of racism, the trauma of sexism, of homophobia. There's my molest trauma. There's abuse trauma. We didn't do that. Even about the idea of, because I could take us on a journey and maybe I will, this whole idea about cosmic DNA. And there is a belief, and I'm not sure if this is something you prescribe to because you do look at the scientific aspect as well, but there are beliefs that we choose our cosmic DNA, that we choose our soul's map. Are you of that belief? I don't think it's a choice. The ego says, oh, I'd like to be born a a queer kid in Southern Texas. I don't Mm -hmm. think we choose that. We choose all of us to keep learning And each of us is put in a certain situation where that learning is going to happen. One thing that's abundantly clear to me is life is not fair. This playing field is not fair. Not everyone starts out at the same place. The point is what we make of it. Not what we've been given, but what we make of it. And is it your belief that everybody has the ability to make something wonderful with it? Yes, I do believe that. But I'm going to say for some people, that's a bigger lift. If you're born with mental illness, if you're born in an unbearably 
prejudiced environment, you're having a much bigger lift, which is why we all need to lean into having allies. Every single person has to realize with privilege, it is their privilege to get out of their boxes and help people that have less than them. I said before we started that we had some scheduling difficulties and there's no doubt in my mind that this moment was the moment to record this episode as we see the assault on women's reproductive freedom. I don't even quite have words for it yet. I'm not pro-abortion for me, but how dare you tell another woman what she can or cannot do with her body? And I had the luck of not having to have one or not being put in circumstance where I had one, had to make that choice. So how do you <laughs> help us to keep the levity during this moment? Outrage is a really joyful experience when it's met with camaraderie. You know, I marched and we stopped the war in Vietnam. I've grown up an activist. I've had the extraordinary joy to be alongside people who were celebrating our victories over oppression. Where we have to go, this is my big thing right now. Social media has given us an extraordinary outlet for a lot of thoughts and opinions, but it's mostly self-serving. We talk to one another. Social movement, the key word is meant. We actually need to galvanize, organize, catalyze each other and our problematic allies into the streets, show up visibly and say no more. But movement is the key. And I move every day. I dance. I move. If you're in movement, you're pretty darn happy. It's when we're paralyzed in fear. It's when we've believed the lies that we are not in control of our bodies that we get depressed. Right. So to me, I've had great times protesting. How do you define joy? Joy for me is that momentary experience of just rapture with the way things are in communion with nature or others. And do you think that is from source or do you think it's self-created? Do you, does it come through you? Or is it something that we create? It's both and, because I can tell you that when I'm low and I go put on Pharrell's Happy and I dance in my kitchen, it takes me about 40 seconds. But if I let that music move me, I'm in joy. Now, I had to choose that. If I had stayed in my bed wallowing, I would not be in joy. So it is a cosmic experience. It's a gift. But we have agency to create it for sure. We have a choice. What is a joyful choice that we might make? And I just heard movement. I just heard movement and creating a movement. But it seems so large an issue to tackle. And I know that as a collective, we have the power to definitely. Totally. There's not a doubt. But how do we find the center and how do we find the point of leadership? So you talk about this, which is really brilliant, this patriarchal two-step. Yeah. So that our personal issues mirror what's happening at a societal level. Yeah. And this, again, this collapse 
or this attack, our assault on our freedom, is the best. It couldn't be a more perfect example of that in my mind. So you say that this is an, an emotional pattern that's not negative to men. So let's talk a little bit about what that is. I don't want to say to men because it's women and men that have been brainwashed by patriarchy to believe that actually dominating and oppressing is part of survival. And we know that to evolve, we have to become a partnership society in which we take accountability for our mistakes instead of justifying them in the name of some kind of elite supreme vision. Mm-hmm. We need to be partners. Now, I got to tell you, I believe that this assault is an invitation that we've been waiting to have to mm-hmm. realize 25 million people in this country can walk out and call on each other to say, this is our body, our country, our time. I see it. Yeah. Now, we can't debate it on a stage because that talky talk is not going to move the process. I agree. There is something, and there's something that I'm like, oh, that's nice you passed that law. But do you think that is going to stop any of us? Do you think that's actually going to prevent me from understanding the full expression of who I am, you, and I know I follow the law. I believe in the law at the same time. I don't at the same time. I believe that it is very much outside of the bounds of what I was given through the divine and through my experience. Yeah. So there are a lot of us like that in this moment. And there's a great Buckminster quote, Fuller quote that talks about, you can't, I'm paraphrasing here. You cannot fight the system. You have to create a new one. You basically yeah. cannot break, you know, fix a broken system. You have to create an entirely well, new one. Audre Lorde also said, you cannot dismantle the master's house with the master's tools. Right. So here's the bottom line. I'm really going to keep on this until all the young people hear me and do this. Organize, catalyze, make a movement, stop tapping on the social media. We, it's we the people, not we the hashtags, not we the handles. We've mm-hmm. got to actually be embodied in this movement of joyful taking back what's rightfully ours. Yeah. And there is a joyful warrior to become yes. a joyful warrior. Is yes. really walk and sing, walk in tandem, sing, make a worldwide video that is viral about our collective power. You talk about a world where the feminine is devalued, but this organization, this collaboration is inherently a feminine quality. Completely. And for the men I know that are our allies that have deeply worked on their feminine, this is not a gender issue. This is a values issue. I want to come back to this visibility piece because the scene has come up even around the idea of the movement. And so can you tell me a little bit about what visibility means to you and then how you would invite people to be visible in a time when, again, some of these challenges that women in particular face compromise our safety and our ability to be feel safe. There is research that shows that when a cyber attack happens online and there's online bullying, they will often say things like, I will slit your throat or I will strangle you or I will. So it's all an attack on the voice and using your voice. Yes. And so how can we stay visible 
and seen and use our voice in this time when we are under attack. The only safeguard we have is each other. I have in my new book coming out October 4th, which is called A Map to Your Soul, a whole chapter on the sacred crew. Hmm. What I mean by that is we all need at least 12 people that have our back, that know who we are, that would walk out for us, that would hold us in our tears and lift us up in our joy. Mm-hmm. And I have a personal example, which is I've attained a bit of notoriety. And so I've just been in the last two months under vicious attack in national and local news with vicious lies about me. Mm. And it was devastating. I'm not kidding you, but nobody's going to shut me up. And so <laughs> I leaned in with my crew. And there's one particularly powerful woman on my crew. And she's a power broker in this town. And I texted her and I said, I need your help. She came to my aid immediately. And after she had a few choice conversations with journalists and people that were involved in these attacks, they magically disappeared. So here's the thing. We're not safe alone. We're only safe in numbers. We all have to stand up and be counted. And you have to be really that person that will be counted as well. So if they come for you, Kim, I've got to stand for you. This is not optional. Support is not silent. Solidarity is not silent. I do know, though, that as just someone who grew up with violence in her home, alone does feel safe a lot of the time. People can feel unsafe. So for many women, and I do know there's there's others like us or like me, who, who slowly crawling out into public life, slowly allowing themselves to be seen, what do you say to those people who don't believe that people are safe and they, they have the proof? And I know that's a good say this. Many people are not safe. Be smart and keep going till you find those people. I didn't know who my people were for a long time. You have to do the therapy. You have to do the trauma work, which will then allow you to start seeing outside of the trauma. Right. You can be part of support groups to begin with that they're, right. that are very guided and very purposeful. You can be part of 12-step programs. You can be part of book clubs. Make your safe moves, but ultimately don't give up on, I'm going to have a sacred crew and they're going to have my back and I'm going to have theirs. It's as you said, it took a lot. It took a lot. And I was thinking, I was just adding in my head, do I have 12? I do have people who support me for sure, but I don't know if there's, it's interesting when you, I also, like it's just a air the dirty laundry here, but I also did have cancer. And so I remember, and I had it quite young, and I remember at that time in my life, you realize very quickly that not everybody is a true friend. Oh, for sure. That's why you have to vet them. You have to vet them, and you have to have, what I've grown to is I have agreements with my friends. This is what friendship means. Define it. Before the tragedy. And we can start doing that because guess what? If you're a good enough friend to me and I'm a good enough friend to you and we have 12 of us, I don't have to go to you every time I have a tragedy. There's 11 other people. I'm a lot. So I don't want any one person to be like my main person. My partner would be like, forget it. You got to be really intentional about this. There's a visibility level of asking for what you want. Like a saying, when you're saying we're having an agreement about friendship and what friendship means, that means you're being visible with what is your truth. And you are honestly asking for what is true. Yes. And uh, uh, what is true. And that uh, that is a risk the, or vulnerability is. I considered a risk, but here's what I've learned being older. Mm. 
I am so excited and happy to lose the people that are not in my lifeboat. So the risk isn't really a risk because Kim, if I say to you, will you back me up? Because look, I'm going out there and I am. And yeah. if I say to you, Kim, will you back me up? And you go, eh, not really. Or I had a friend say, it's not very comfortable for me. And I said to them, do you think it's comfortable being attacked? So right. you either stand up for me or you're out. You know? yeah. We don't have the time to be unclear about what this bond of unity means. Right. It's not perfect. I don't expect any of my friends to always be there, always show up. That's why there's 12. But I do mean to tell them, if anyone comes after you, I'm there. If any great things happens in your life, I'm there. If you need to just cry and complain, I've got a few minutes for you. Why the book Soul Map? Why now? I believe that if everybody lived a fully expressed life, we would have a fully humane world. And that joy is our birthright. And that when I'm in full self-expression, I'm naturally generous. When I'm cut off or censored or living truncated part of myself, I'm more self-referencing and more self-obsessed. So when I'm in full bloom, I'm giving, I'm loving. That is who I am. And that's why the book is now, because right now we've all got to live our fully expressed lives in order for our own happiness, but so that we're overflowing and can give more joy to others. What is something that people don't look at or they don't think to look at in the understanding of their soul's map. Everybody has a dark night of the soul. Sure, of course, yes. And it's, you don't usually go into those willingly. What is it that we are not seeing that we need to see? The biggest mistake people make is they identify with their problems, not their possibilities. Hmm. We all suffer. We all have horrible things happen to us, some more than others. The best revenge against all oppressive systems is to live a fully expressed, joyful life. I'll give you an example. If my body is in pain, I don't think, oh, I'm old and that's just part of living. I'm going to do everything I can to feel good again. Right. Everything I can. Is that part of your imprint though? Is that part of who you are as a human, who you yes came and no. Yes and no. Yes and no. Let okay. me tell you, as a young person... I was suicidal, I was depressed, I had eating disorders, and I was a fucking nightmare mess in my 20s. So that person would say, no, it's not part of my imprint. I was acting out my trauma. Now, I believe with assistance and good care and good company, just like me, all of that can be composted into something fruitful and joyful. Is it easy? No. Like I remember being at a pivotal place in my life in my 20s where I was overweight and I was hating myself and I had a role model and she looked great and she seemed happy. And I go, how do you exercise every day? I just don't feel like it. And I'm down and I'm this. And she went, it's not an option. You just do it. It's hard. And I grew up with the belief that when I feel like it, I can get better. Right. It's the opposite. You're working against a very intense default system that says something's wrong with you. Right. You're not going to make it. You're right. not good enough. 
this that, is that you, external system, the external and even inside. It's also yeah. biological too. Yes, right. right. And the scanning for what's problematic. It takes more than a gym. It takes an extraordinary effort on a daily basis to resist the narrative that we've been given and to find our true narrative. Yes. How do we even, how do we, I guess that's an individual question, but again, I know so many people right now who are, who will say, why bother? Why bother? And it's not, again, in my inner circle, but I see people go, I can't fight anymore. There's too much to carry. There's too much weight to carry. That's a choice. I don't judge anybody. Look, I'm at the point where I'm on the departure deck, so to speak. I've lived a great life with tons of pain and tons of drama and suffering and all of that. Yeah. My nephew committed suicide. I have another friend that committed suicide. I'm not judging anyone who says this is too much for them. Right. It's a lot. I'm just saying, as your voice podcast is all about, there is a way through. It it needs help and assistance. You've got to have perseverance. It does pay off. Like, this is what I want to say. As somebody who spent a lot of time in dark places, it does pay off to kick ass and get through it with help. But if you're not up to it, I don't judge you. This is your one shot. You decide. One, I'm super appreciative that this is your mission, this podcast. You're amazing. It seems like you have a cancer rising. I don't know. Yes, but anyway. Yeah. I am something. a cancer. And I just, oh, that which reminds me. I just want There's to a beautiful that. cancer thing going on with you, Kim, and I love it. Um, it I, I, what I loved was that we lead with our wombs, not bombs. Exactly. It was like, wow, that's wonderful. I love what that We is. are wombs, not bombs. But you're playing your part. This is a significant thing you're doing to raise the voices. Now you figured this out somehow and I'm (laughs) sure people helped you. This wasn't your Lone Ranger thing. No, I've got, and I figured out mine through a lot of effort. Right. And I want to say to every person listening, that's despairing. Despair is not an option if you want to play your part. And I'm going to promise every single listener, right. If you're not playing your part, you're bummed out. And if you need to play your part, keep finding people that will remind you who you really are and help you get into the play. Yes, because your part needn't be about pain. No, and it can be simple. I do believe that transformation and transmutation is managed to take the pain and to use it. I believe exactly what you do, that to use it. I always say to my people that are in dark places, make the pain count. Everything that has hurt me, I've turned into helpfulness for others. Everything. Yeah. And it doesn't mean, so I want to be very clear with your listeners, that when I'm hurting, I'm no fun to be with. I'm a pain in the ass. I'm a moper. My partner will go, you need like pulsatilla, homeopathy, or such a wine. Let's be real. But my trajectory is then the oppressors are not going to stop me. This is my life to live on my terms. Right. And I'll go down in flames. You better believe it. I hopefully not a plane crash. I fear that. But anyway, (laughs) no, no, don't. No, I'm just saying. Not real flames. And I also want to say as a therapist background, I couldn't get to this level of joy without like tons of buckets of tears. If I suppress my pain and I don't, release my tears, I don't have the capacity for the upper range of joy. If I mute myself, I mute it all the way around. 
So one of the lessons for me about creating joy with the divine of my knowing, I have to be available for it. This pipe called feelings has to keep moving. That's why I like movement too. Keep moving the energy. Stagnant energy does not promote joy. What are some daily ways that people could feel joyful? Okay, so I'm going to share with you what I found to be foolproof for me. No matter how I wake up, lots of times I don't sleep well, so I'm challenged right in the morning. So the foolproof way for me is I lay in my bed and I do a custom affirmation that you can find anywhere for yourself before I even get up. And then the minute I get up, I go and I write a letter of gratitude Mm -hmm. to the divine of my knowing, Mm -hmm. thanking them for this, thanking them for that. I always start with my health because I'm so lucky to be healthy and I don't take it for granted. Mm -hmm. The health, this phone call I had, this podcast I had yesterday, I thank. And then I say, please today, help me with this, show me this. And I write this thing, it takes five minutes. And then I go outside and I do my movement meditation called Qigong, which again, you can find my teacher. He's amazing. Paul Frazier, Mm F-R-A-S-E-R. And if you study Qigong with him, there's a beautiful movement form that's just about lifting the energy. And so I always do those three things every single morning. And then that resets my day toward the positive. And Mm -hmm. I, again, we cannot just let the machine run us. We have to actively put in purposeful, joyful activities to set the brain to attenuate toward what's good. Especially writing every day the thank yous and help me with this. Mm-hmm. I just feel like I'm having so much success right now. And I attribute it to these angels that are supporting me and providing for me and looking out for me, even when things are hard. What is your wish for every other woman? My wish for every woman is that she lives a fully expressed life in which all her gifts are utilized and appreciated. You have all of the answers when you ask the right questions. Be visible. Speak your truth. Every other woman needs you to lead. Voice Lessons is produced, written, and spoken by me, Kim Cutable. It's also produced and edited by Sergio Miranda and associate produced by Jessica Manalga. You can find out when we post new episodes when you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, etc. And if you liked what you've heard, we would love it if you leave us a review. For other inspiration, updates, and show notes, subscribe at voicelessonspodcast.com. Thank you.